check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome back to the Front Nine Podcast. Derek and Nate with you tonight, and uh, obviously fresh news coming in the world of golf today that we are excited to be talking about, uh, as well as following up the Tour Championship, the end of the PGA Tour season, uh, the wraparound season from last fall to uh, to this uh, to this September. Uh, always trying to get it done before football season because they don't like to compete with the NFL, which I don't blame them. Uh, in America, it is a very hard sport to compete against. So, uh, but so we have at the end of the golf season taking place. We have a FedEx Cup champion has been crowned. We have some strong opinions on on how we feel like that FedEx Cup champion is going to do here in a couple of weeks in uh, in the Ryder Cup as well. As a lot of other Ryder Cup talk coming down uh, with captain's picks coming in today and all that other kind of stuff. So lots to talk about tonight, uh, tonight Nate. But obviously, uh, one of the things that, that we love hearing from you is what have you been watching on YouTube? So why don't you, why don't you uh, say hello to everybody who's listening to this and help them uh, get connected to something cool on YouTube this week. If they're sitting at home wondering, what golf content can I consume? What is it this week? Yeah, so um, as the uh, I think the the world's foremost expert in YouTube golf content, uh, the self self proclaimed, yeah, obviously, self-proclaimed. No, no one has ever. I'm not sure anybody's claimed that. right. I'm you're, not sure anybody's claimed the title, so gonna, why not take it right? You're going to be at the PGA Tour um, show in Orlando uh, as the world's foremost YouTube golf content. You yeah. Know, I will say, uh, I do want to say hello to uh, Bob. I'm sure he's listening to this uh, tomorrow when we post the pod. Um, he is uh, currently enjoying a nice steak uh, on one of his vendors on a on a great dinner out with some work guys. So yeah. great for Bob that they're able to do that out in California. I didn't know that was available out there. So I'm not sure what <laughs> rules he may be breaking. Hopefully he's wearing a mask. Oh, man. Um, but... Uh, great for Bob, and, and we're here. I will say, as of the time of recording, I am watching the U.S. play Honduras in World Cup qualifying. So if I go crazy here in a second, it's because the U.S. has given up a goal, because I expect that to happen at some point. <laughs> um, but in terms of YouTube golf content, one of the most interesting things that's happened in the last couple of weeks um, is that... So I think I've I've talked about this before. My favorite channel on YouTube is Brian Brothers, George... And Wesley Bryan, they do a great job of showing some practice routines. But recently, with Wesley's injury, it's been more focused on uh, George playing in some local mini-tour events in South Carolina. Um, mm. I think he actually finished fourth in his most recent one. They usually He breaks it up and, and releases it over the course of a week. So we'll do the front nine kind of tournament vlog uh, on Tuesday and then... The back nine on Thursday typically is kind of his release schedule. It's I love watching the content. It's really good. It's in, it's it's interesting to to kind of hear how he's thinking, what he's thinking, how things are working out uh, on the course in the middle of a professional tournament. But one of the most interesting things that he did kind of hint at is the fact that Micah Morris, one of the guys, probably the best player, along with Garrett Clark at Good Good. Uh, is probably going to be coming out and playing some professional tournaments with him in South Carolina and North Carolina, which I think will be really great. I think that's great content because the yeah. the good, good guys, at least for me, being 37 years old, some of the stuff they do is uh, like a little 
beneath me to some extent, right? <laughs> like it's kind of what I consider to be like teenage type stuff, which is fine. Yeah. Because I think, you know, growing golf, regardless of who it's for, whether it's, you know, what, what gender, what age, it doesn't matter. It, what's good for golf is good for all of us. Um, but some of the stuff I can't really watch is a little too immature, I think, for my taste. Yeah. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see Micah, who they call Tig, um, that's his nickname, go play with George and Will Miles, the other guy who appears on Brian Brothers in professional tournaments. I think that's a big deal in the world of golf YouTubers. Yeah. Well, there you go. So if you're looking for good golf YouTube content, go check out the Brian Brothers uh, YouTube uh, channel and watch some of those tournaments and and also catch up with some of the and, – and maybe catch up with Micah from uh, from Good Good and uh, see how he fares against uh, George. Uh, so I, I actually saw something posted by Wesley not too long – I guess I guess yesterday on Instagram – uh, with like some drones flying around him hitting bunker shots and stuff like that. So that I'm sure that will be a pretty cool video when it all uh, gets released and is done. So I um, agree. Wesley's but, short game, the stuff that they show with him uh, around the, the short game, they practice at what they call the, the cockpit, which is where the University of South Carolina practices their practice facility. Right. The stuff that he does is amazing. I mean, yeah. there's a reason they call him Wedgley, right? I mean, his short Wedgley. game is just out of this world. Yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, so obviously uh, we got to see the end of the the PGA Tour season uh, this week at East Lake, um, and uh, and Patrick Cantlay came in as the leader, two shot lead going into the tournament at ten under par, finished the tournament at twenty one under par, and wins by one shot over John Rahm uh, to win the FedEx Cup. So. Um, he won the last two events technically, um, even though he didn't have the lowest score to par on the week, he still ended up walking away with the win because of, of where the standings put him going into the week. Um, and so Patrick Cantlay is our FedEx cup champion, won $15 million, uh, which is insane to think about. Uh, but, um, huge, huge win for him over the last couple of weeks and has really, I think, I don't know. He I, I, coming out of college was a very highly touted uh, college golfer. Everyone thought was going to kind of be one of those next up and coming stars, and it's kind of taken him a while to get there. He's 29 years old now, has had some issues, back injuries, had some other personal issues, losing a friend uh, that was very close to him who who died um, over the last few years, and had to go through a lot of personal things and injuries and all these other kinds of things to kind of get to where he is now. Um, and he talks about how that's kind of made him who he is, which I think is a really interesting story because he's such a stoic person on the golf course uh, that, that like when he gets in the media room and people start to really ask him questions, he seems very thoughtful and, uh, and very well-spoken and, um, and those kinds of things. But, but just uh, he's been impressive. I mean, I don't think there's any other way to say it. He's just been impressive. He's hit uh, really impressive golf shots um, coming down the stretch last week against Bryson. Um, at the BMW, and then this week against John Rahm, who's you know the number one player in the world, uh, it's Patrick Cantlay is really showing like he he kind of is living up to that nickname that he got Patty Ice uh, last week. Um, so I mean I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts were kind of taking in some of that this weekend and 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 what you kind of took away watching him uh, come down the stretch and, and hold off John Rahm to to get that victory. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he he continues to look better. 
I I fully and we'll talk about the potential impact for the Ryder Cup, uh, but I, it was really impressive. I, I kept thinking that there would be some kind of late difference that there would be, you know, because he he did hit the ball in the water, and then he made a couple clutch, you know, an up and down and a clutch putt. Um, to force that playoff with Bryson and then ultimately was able to take advantage when Bryson missed what I, I would consider to be a couple makeable putts. Um, and so I yeah. expected something like that for, with John Rahm coming down the stretch on Sunday, but the reality was he, he that, that door was never opened. Yeah. I mean, it was close, but you know he, he made putts. He, he missed a couple short putts that I saw when I was watching the coverage. Right. Um, yeah. Hit it close, made putts when he needed to, hit really good shots, especially the one on 18, yeah. uh, to kind of shut the door at that point. When you hit the, that par 5 and 2, you know, it's over at that point. Um, right. That drive so, was insane on 18. I mean, two, I, I think they said he hit it like 369. It's like the longest drive he's hit all yeah. year. So. I, it, it's impressive what he's been able to do. Um, I mean, any time, I think I saw a stat that he made almost $23 million this year on tour, if you consider the two wins and the $15 million bonus that comes with winning the FedEx Cup. Right, yeah, no. Yeah, and, and, and from my perspective, very well-deserved. I mean, I, right. you know, I, I think it ties in really nicely with what's going on in the Ryder Cup, but you know how he's right now the, the de facto best player on the the United States team. Right. Yeah. I mean, definitely like, um, you know, we, we probably would have said the same thing about more Akawa points during this year. He would have probably said something about the same thing about DeChambeau at points during this year. He probably would have said the same thing about, um, you know, uh, Xander at some points during the year. Um, it, it maybe even, maybe even Justin Thomas early in the year. Uh, through kind of January through the players where, where he was really up there um, and, and playing well um, a lot of the time, uh, which which speaks to just the strength of the United States team in general, which we're going to get to. But I but I think, man, it, it was impre- – I, I thought it was very impressive, especially after kind of the hiccup that he had. I think it was on, on 16 where he kind of drove it right and ended up making a bogey. And then it, it, he had a two-shot lead and it went down to one shot. But then the next two holes, I mean, he just absolutely played them like, you know, an assassin. <laughs> like, he just ate them alive. And, um, and I mean, John Rahm played those holes great. I mean, hit great shots on all of those holes and and still could not get get close. Um, and that, and to, that's the world. Really beating him, which is, that's you know. Right. I mean, it speaks volumes. I mean, thinking about John Rome and just named yesterday PGA Tour Player of the Year. So, I mean, not not just number one player in the world, but PGA Tour Player of the Year this year. So, um, that that speaks volumes of what Patrick Cantley was able to accomplish, um, especially um, especially down the stretch at Eastlake, but but even the week before in that six hole playoff, holding them off, making two birdies against Bryson to win that tournament as well. Like, it's absolutely. Crazy, and and I saw that same stat about his twenty three million dollars that he won this year, which equates to four thousand dollars per shot that he hit on tour this year. That's not which bad. I think, which you know, I mean, hey, we're making four thousand dollars every shot we hit, and praise God because I hit a lot of shots in most yeah. rounds. I hit I hit well more than eighty most of the time. So uh, so it's 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 one of those things where, man, like you just can't can't imagine, um, you know that kind of that kind of cash. But man, that's that's a really, really solid um, thing and, and a good thing to look forward to. 
Um, I just, yeah, I'm kind of like you. I, I expected, I did not expect him to stay so cool and calm and, and, you know, what he talks about of just having that intense focus and not really ever leaving that, he calls it a trance state. Like he said that or like he did. He gets into this trance state and like he can't get out of it or doesn't get out of it. He just stays in that trance state. And it's like, man, like that's, that's a really weird way of putting it. Like, have you ever been in a trance state? Like you ever get into a trance state, Nate? Like, yeah, I have, I have no idea. I doubt it. (laughs) Um, but it, it was really interesting and it seems kind of very like Eastern philosophically, almost like, I, it, it's very. It was very strange because I, I heard a clip where he was comparing kind of – he said the best person he's ever seen do this was Tiger. The best person yeah. throughout history. Tiger was able to get into what he calls that trance state of just hyper-focus mm-hmm. and then have these gigantic bursts of emotion and right. outward showing. Right. And Cantley literally says, I know I can get into that trance state. I just can't, like, I can't take myself out of it and put myself back in it. That's why you don't see a ton of emotion from right. him when he's on the golf course because he, he hasn't figured out, he, he flat out says that in the interview, he just hasn't figured out how to do that yet. Right. Or maybe that's not his personality or he's not going yeah. to, but he said he finds it really interesting in his study of Tiger that Tiger's been able to get to that hyper-focused level. And then when that putt rolls in, you know, we think of it at Torrey Pines, right? That putt rolls in and he has like... 15 automatic fist pumps going all at the same time right um and so it's it's one of those things where it's interesting that that that's how he thinks of that yeah and and ultimately i think that'll serve him really well because i think a lot of times people try to figure out uh how to how to copy what's already out there instead of thinking how they can kind of become themselves right one of the reoccurring themes that comes up on the podcast a lot is that you tend to see guys play their best golf when they are being themselves Mm -hmm. when they're allowed Mm -hmm. to express their own individual personality out on the golf course Mm -hmm. right we talk about that with justin thomas a little bit uh we certainly and i think to some extent you see that with bryson i think you know patrick can you stop walking or whatever he said and and kind of being you know a little a little on edge some angst there yeah but you also see it with spieth with kind of that constant dialogue that he has with himself both negative and positive Right. So it always you know, is with him. I mean, he's talking to Michael Greller, but Michael Greller never responds so, you know, right. basically to himself. Well, yeah. sometimes he'll say Jordan, like <laughs> Jordan, what are you doing? So, I mean, I don't know that that's the Greller. Some yeah, of that's no, kind of internal talk. He's just talking, right? Whoever yeah, wants right. to listen. Yeah. yeah. Um, Please but, listen, America. Right. Well, and, and I think that ties into Netflix is apparently, I think I sent you that. Uh, there was an announcement this week of the tour. Yeah, that uh, the tour and Netflix have reached kind of a media rights agreement, and they're yeah. working on um, like some content for the upcoming PGA Tour season with some big name golfers. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't that Netflix. Like, I love Netflix stuff like that. Like the, um, I really so I'm a big football guy. I watch a lot of college football. Watch a lot of pro football. And, um, and I, over the last few years have really gotten into that QB one show on Netflix where they take high school quarterbacks that are like the top high school quarterbacks in the country and getting ready to leave high school and go play at, you know, Georgia or Clemson or, you know, wherever they're going and they've signed to go play and, um, you know, and, and just, you get a glimpse of them as high schoolers. 
uh, in their senior year. Like I love that stuff, and so I, I'm so I'm stoked to to see that happen on the PGA Tour because there's probably no guys that I follow more than the guys on the PGA Tour, especially when it comes to like social media and like what's going on in their life outside of golf, as well as you know what is their practice routine and everything else. But um, but yeah, I mean I. I'm, I can't wait for that. That's going to be amazing. I think it will. Um, and I think, you know, that it, it's going to be great to kind of see behind that curtain because a lot of guys, uh, Tiger, Phil, guys like that have been fairly, you know, the, the bigger names in the sport have been fairly private. Mm-hmm. And I right. think with the with the rise and the popularity of the shows that you're talking about, as well as Hard Knocks and some of the other documentaries that you can yeah. watch on Netflix or Prime, you know, places like that, I, I think it's becoming... You know, and, and even YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the behind-the-scenes, all-access type stuff that you get in boxing with HBO and Showtime. You know, I, I think there's a, a different generation of guys that think that this is normal or would want to be a part of something like that. And I think we're going to see that over the, the coming years, which is I, I think is only going to make golf better. Right, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think I do think it will definitely drive more fans to the game. Um and I think that you'll probably see some guys, because I'm assuming they're gonna they're gonna be some big name guys on there. But there's probably also gonna be just some regular guys on tour that not a whole lot of people necessarily think of. You know, when they think about that kind of stuff, like the maybe the Webb Simpsons of the world, um, <laughs> the Harris Englishes of the world, potentially like those kinds of guys. Um, but like I think um, you you see those guys and I think you, you'll begin to gain appreciation. You'll see a lot more fans for, for the kind of average golfer on tour, not just the best golfers on tour, which I think also is good for the game of golf because it just, um, it gives you more, it, it just gives you more guys to root for. Um, a lot of these guys like, they're just so much, they're so much fun, uh, or seem so much fun. At least I can't say that they are cause I don't know them, but um, but they seem so much fun. Like when you get to kind of see some of the behind the scenes stuff, like I felt that way about Max Homa, like didn't really know who Max Homa was until I started watching some of the stuff on YouTube that has him in it. And, um, some of the, that, that kind of behind the scenes content of where he grew up and how he grew up and how him and his caddy were like best friends. And, you know, they would go play at the par three together, like in California where they grew up and, you know, just like that kind of stuff. Um, it just, it gives you an appreciation. So many of these guys now have podcasts um, or are on podcasts, so you get to kind of hear some of the behind-the-scenes stuff on those kinds of things, whether it's through the uh, Golf Subpar podcast or whether it's Tony Finau's podcast or, you know, whatever. Like, it just, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of content out there now to have someone as, I think, as credible as Netflix that's taking on an endeavor like this with the PGA Tour, I think is really, really cool. So I, I look forward to taking that in for sure. So quick update. We're in the 28th minute, and the U.S. just gave up a goal to Honduras. So as they say, well, in, the, uh, as they say in the soccer world, the U.S. is down 1-0. One 1-0. Nil. One nil. And um, as, um, you know, as, as I have heard from other reports, the last time the United States actually beat Honduras was like 1998. So, in, in a, Honduras, yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, there's some pretty interesting stories about uh, like U.S. soccer having to travel to some of these smaller Central American places yeah. to play. 
and how they have to have like armed private security bodyguards with like yeah. M16s and and stuff like that. So um you know, maybe not <laughs> the most welcoming yeah. of uh, maybe of hard to think to about soccer in that kind right. of Right. Exactly right. <laughs> but they are professionals and they're there and and you one would think they're, you know, superior to their opponents and you would like to get a result. So yeah. Awesome. We'll see what happens. Plenty of time left. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, going to back to golf. I, I do think, you know, it's interesting how, do you think that Cantlay can, because I, I mean, I don't think there's any doubt, right? Staring down DeChambeau, staring down the best player, uh, in ROM, uh, in the, in the world right now on the tour this year, you know, what he's done back to back weeks is extremely impressive. And I would also think extremely taxing, now yeah. that we're to the Ryder Cup here in a couple of weeks, and there's plenty of time to rest, right. but I don't necessarily. I think it's easy to kind of can carry that hyper focus forward mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks before you kind of run out of that mental energy. Do you mm-hmm. think he's going to be able to find that when he shows up at Whistling Straits for the U.S.? Man, I, that's a great question, and to be honest, I, I, I don't know. I, what I do think is going to, pro- I, I think it's. Probably the best assumption is that he's going to probably be the anchor man for for Captain Stricker until he proves that he can't be. I think they're going to lean on him uh, because of his recent play and because of his mentality and his mindset um, to to win uh, as many points. I think they'll put him out there in every. I, I think that he'll probably play in every you know um, session. You think session? So? Um, as of right now, I think, you know, he'll probably be one of maybe, maybe four guys that play in every session. Um, I think he would almost have to be based off of what we've seen. I mean, taking down two of the top five players in the world two weeks in a row and, and two of the biggest events that you're going to play on the PGA tour in a, in a year, um, where, I mean, a putt is worth millions of dollars. Like, I mean, I think, um, and, and he just, it doesn't, it doesn't phase him. I think that you have to think. And, and put some confidence in him in that regard. Now, whether or not he actually comes out and, and, and does what we hope he will do, I think is another question. I know you have some thoughts on that, but, but I, you know, I hope he does. I think he can. Um, I just, I, I think, I think he almost like, kind of like he's talked about, I think if he removes himself too much from the game of golf over the next couple of weeks, it will be hard for him to get back into that mode. But if he stays focused, um, I I could see him staying in that that mode for another few weeks and being being somebody that the U.S. team really relies on and and sees win, you know, potentially, you know, two and a half, three, three and a half points for him. Um, yeah, I. But, so that's that's an interesting concept. I think there's like data out there that the u.s has looked at and i would expect stricker to use pods you know taking after zinger that's just kind of what we do now that's what the u.s does right yeah they'll they'll set up groups of you know four guys and then those four guys will be interchanged among each other Mm -hmm. um but i think there's data out there that shows guys who play in all i think there's five sessions right yeah two each day and then singles Mm mm-hmm um, like they they wear out and they lose their singles match like seventy five percent of the time, something mm. like that. 
Um, mm. I, I remember them talking about that during the, the last Ryder Cup coverage. So I think the U.S. goes out of their way to try to make sure nobody plays in all five sessions, all, all really? four, because mm. everybody's got to play in singles. Right. Um, so everybody gets one session off. Hmm. Um, so I don't necessarily expect him to play in all of them, but I, I do think he is with his temperament and his mentality, like more so than even his game. Cause I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that if you play like you have the last two weeks, you're right. a world beater and you're going to beat anybody. It doesn't matter if you're playing stroke play, match play, uh, alternate shot, best ball. I mean, you name well, it. I mean, yeah, you, essentially he was playing, ma- essentially he was playing match play down the last, down the stretch in the last two, t- two events. I mean, it, it was, yeah. Know, well, cause they were so far out, of, out ahead. Yeah. yeah. But I, but I will say, I, like, I think his temperament of not appearing to be phased by anything, being able to, to make putts and, and get up and down and, and hit shots when he absolutely needs to not showing expression sometimes when guys do good things or you do bad things, I think that wears on opponents in match play. I, I know yeah. a lot of guys say it doesn't. I think it does. And yeah. so I, I think his, you know, we'll call it the patty ice routine. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it works well in match play, specifically the Ryder Cup, because you got the fans, the U.S. fans are going to be there to make a bunch of noise and get everybody all riled up. If you can keep your head and stay level, uh, you're going to have a great chance to be successful. Yeah. And so I, I do agree with you to that point that, I, I, I mean, I expect him to be very successful. I, I just wonder if he can bring this level of, I mean, because I, I think he could carry uh, a, a twosome the way he's been playing. And I think he's just going to have yeah. to drop back and be a, a part of the team. I, I don't expect right. him to continue this great form that that he's seemingly found over the last month or so right um but uh, another point is i i think coming out of the press conference today they mentioned that uh stricker is having a mandatory player and caddy meeting at whistling straits that all weekend yeah yeah, they're doing a scouting trip this weekend yeah uh, everybody's yep. required to be there, and Stricker wants to out-prepare the Europeans, take advantage of the, the home soil. Yeah. Which, I I mean, obviously that's great. I think that's right. kind of what the U.S. has been missing. I, I like the fact that it's a little bit more, I mean, I think you'd call that like professional, right? We yeah. know from how close we watch golf, but it's not uncommon for guys to take trips a couple weeks before majors and yeah. go scout major venues. Absolutely. I mean, that's what they do, right? They'll fly into Augusta. Mm-hmm. And they'll go play the Masters, or they'll go to the U.S. Open venue, or they'll go check out where, you know, the the PGA is being played when they're in that same general region because all these guys use net jets and and all right. that kind of private right. flying anyway. So, well, and it and it and it plays the benefit of the week of the event. You're not wearing yourself and pra- wearing yourself out in practice rounds, feeling like, well, I got to play 18 every day to see the golf course, or I got to play you know, a certain number of holes or whatever, but it, like you can kind of take it easy um, during practice rounds so that when the tournament starts, you still are fresh. And and so putting in that work a couple weeks ahead of time, getting to see the golf course, picking lines off tee boxes, you know, looking at, at green complexes, um, getting an understanding of where the best misses are around the greens, those kinds of things are definitely going to be of benefit um, in a situation like this right and so i think that's a um that's one of those things they do for major tournaments i'm glad to see that stricker is not just saying hey guys 
you know, we'd like you to come, but he's saying, no, like if you're on the team, you you have to be here. So I like that. Yeah. I, I think that's a level of, you know, uh, professionalism for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, instead of like, Hey, this is just a great thing we all get to do together. You know, see you here in a couple of weeks. Um, I, I like the fact that they're being very intentional and strategic about what they're doing so that they can potentially, you know, come out on top and, and win. Because I think a lot of times it's just been the U.S. showing up. Not that right. that's bad, um, right. but I think it could be a little bit more. So I'm, I'm glad that that's how they're treating it now. Right. Well, and I, and I think, you know, to your point, even going back to like the Patrick Canley talk of like carrying a two-man team. So... I, I fully expect him and Xander to play together the majority of the time whenever they're out there. Um, they played together in the uh, tournament down in New Orleans this year. Um, and like Xander was asked the question point blank, if you could partner up with any single player um, in the world to play a match, who would it be? And he said Patrick Cantlay. Like without hesitation, Patrick Cantlay. So... Um, I, w- I would be surprised if Stricker doesn't have them in a pod together and that they end up paired together a lot um, during the event. But um, Well, I think that's an interesting but I discussion think, as well, right? Like, yeah. It, I, I do think that part of – and we can kind of transition, I think, into – I think some of the rationale behind the guys who got some of these outlying captain's picks, you know, the ones that were truly on the bubble – because um, I don't think there was any doubt that, you know, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I think I read something on in golf.com that said Jordan Spieth could announce he was going to play left-handed and he would still be picked as a captain's pick, right? Like, so That's there's right. zero doubt that he and Xander were going to be picked. And under normal circumstances in a normal Ryder Cup year, he would have qualified anyway. Right. Exactly. Yeah. They, they've changed it around a little bit. Um, and so, you know, it, it kind of uh, apparently... Uh, there were some reports that were coming out that Stricker had already had some conversations with Harris English, and he was in, which I don't think anybody can 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 doubt or blame Stricker for yeah. that. Harris English has had a great season yeah, uh, and, and has been sure. one of the most consistent players on the PGA Tour all year. Um, mm-hmm. And then it came out earlier this, or late last week, that the same conversation was had with Daniel Berger. Mm. And so Daniel Berger was apparently in, which left kind of that one last spot. Right. Who was it going to be, right? There were a handful of guys. Um, Patrick Reed, I think, was highest on the the, the points. Yep, yeah. Uh, obviously, Scotty Scheffler ended up getting it. I think there was kind of, after his performance at Eastlake, there was kind of some some swell that was arising for, for Kevin mm-hmm. Na. Because you, oh, yeah. how can you not like somebody who can get up and down and putt from anywhere. Yeah. That's for always sure. valuable in, in match play and, and in the Well and up. Kevin Nah and I think Kevin Nah has a personality, right? I was talking about this with somebody today that like I really believe that the Ryder Cup is best and I don't I, mean, I don't it's not necessarily like I don't know. Like there's something about guys who have personality I think that do well at the Ryder Cup. You think of an Ian Poulter, you think of guys like you know, Jose and Maria Olafable, you think about John Rahm, you think about guys like Tiger, guys like Ricky, guys like Justin Thomas, these guys who have some personality, um, even Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed, like these guys, I think they, they show up to an event 
and the crowd and the energy and all of that kind of stuff that's going on, it doesn't lock them up. It actually makes them more loose and they have more fun. Um, Going back to your point again about like it kind of frees them up to be themselves, right? Like I think that that's part of it. And I think that's one of those things about Kevin Na too. That like you could just kind of see Kevin Na being on a Ryder Cup team, not just because he's got unbelievable talent to to make putts from anywhere and get up and down from anywhere, but but also because he's kind of got that personality um, in 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 some sort of way that he's got kind of a quirky personality that's kind of like you know uh, that 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 you know you like to see out of a uh, out of a guy you know competing for a Ryder Cup so. Um, so I think that that's part of it too is, and the same reason that like, I also had really high hopes that like, even though he was further down on the list because of his play at the match play earlier this year, uh, and just his temperament, um, as a golfer in general, I was really hoping Billy Horschel would potentially get a more of a look than, than maybe he did just because like, I felt like he has the temperament. That's really good for match play, really good for a Ryder Cup uh, because he's just kind of a bulldog, you know, and and so uh, he's got a lot of personality. I mean, he did the gator chop in Atlanta after he won the tour championship. So, um, I mean, you you, that that kind of guy can't be afraid of a whole lot. Um, Well, I think he's a good guy on tour as well. Right. We saw Sam Burns getting ready for a playoff in Memphis. He was hanging out with Billy Horschel. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I, I think he's a good guy and a lot of guys like him, which I think is important. Yeah. But but anyway, those are the kinds of guys that like you could see being on the team, not just because of their golf, you know, uh, the, the way their finishes um, necessarily on the tour this year. But but just but also because of their personality and what they bring to the team from an intangible standpoint. And I mean, there is still some speculation. I know I know you don't think that it's likely that Brooks is going to sit out. But I mean, there is some speculation that Brooks Brooks's wrist injury could keep him out, and they may need to fill his spot with an alternate. Which I would be interested to think, you know, who would that go to? Um, but um, hmm. but yeah, do you feel like Stricker got it right by picking Scheffler? I do. Yeah, I I mean, I I think you can tell he put a lot of emphasis on I think personality fit. You know, Daniel Berger, Harris English, and from what I understand about Scotty Scheffler, you know, he kind of fits into that mold. Like, you know, guys like him, enjoyable guys, right? There, it doesn't add any more conflict or drama to a room that may already have enough of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely right? has enough I, of that. <laughs> and, and so I, I think that that's part of it. So I think that he did come out and say, I, I think when asked, why not Patrick Reed? He said, yeah, that was a tough decision. I lost a lot of sleep over it. So mm-hmm. that makes me think that it was really close. Now, that could just be lip service because he feels All like right. he has to say that. Um, yeah. But it, it did make me think that if Brooks wasn't able to go, that Patrick Reed may be the next man up. Yeah. Because of his his experience. Um, so right. and, if that, yeah, if yeah, that yeah, is sure. the case, though, he would have already had a conversation with him. Without a doubt, right. because there's no right. way you tell somebody like you would if that's the case, you need somebody else, whether that's Kevin Na or Patrick Reeves, right. you know, Sam Burns, Billy Horschel. Pick your yeah. name of the guy who didn't make it. You right. need somebody to stay sharp over the next couple weeks. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, can't go, you can't go put your clubs, you know, in a closet and not do anything. 
That's right. not how you show up as an alternate for the Ryder Cup. I can guarantee you that. Right. Well, yeah, I I felt like in you know, and I, I I don't I don't know how I feel about the Scheffler pick. I feel like you could have gone a lot of different a lot of different directions. One of which I feel like you you could have gone for a guy like Kevin Na, a guy like Billy Horschel, a guy like Sam Burns, who kind of has that you know more of a bulldog mentality. I feel like and a little more personality than Scheffler, a um, little more outgoing, outspoken, about the same amount of experience. Um, or you could have gone in a direction like Webb, right? Like, I mean, Webb was right there, um, has some experience in the Ryder Cup. I there, There's parts of me that feel like that valuable experience that Webb could bring, but having the Again, kind of the not the not the personality of those other guys, but more of a personality like Scheffler. You get the best 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 of both worlds, where you get this guy who has the experience, but you also get kind of this this temperament where he he's not going to care if he has to sit out and he only plays in two sessions um, in, in the weekend. He's there to be a team leader. He's there to encourage the other guys. He's there to help other guys along the way, um, and and be a you know, an important part of building unity within that, that roster. But like, um, you know, which, you know, maybe, maybe, but like that, that was kind of my feeling is, is, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily love the Scheffler pick. I don't hate it. I think he's an incredible golfer, got incredible skill. Um, I just, I just feel like he's got a wonky golf swing that I'm afraid is just going to get even worse and and really crack under pressure, and there I don't think there's pressure like the Ryder Cup. That that um, could be, but I and, also and think so. That's yeah. yeah. So for me, I think he fits the mold of what the U.S. has tried to do over the last dozen years. They also, you know, if you look at the makeup of teams, they try to. Yeah, but find, has that worked out very well over the last well, dozen years? <laughs> yeah, to some extent, right? Like Scotty Scheffler's play is not going. I, I this is my personal opinion. Um, I don't think he's going to have a problem if he plays two sessions, one session and singles, something like that. I, I don't think it's yeah. going to be that big of a deal. But the U.S. has always tried to add at least one up-and-comer, one young guy to that team, right? Right. I, I remember, at, I think Corey Pavin was the captain when Ricky Fowler was that guy. And he ended up right. birdieing five out of six to beat... Eduardo Molinari in singles, something like that, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. Spieth yeah. was that guy once that, you mm-hmm. know, Davis Love went out on a limb to, to pick him. So, right. um, you know, I, I think they need somebody like that, right? Whether they win or not, you know, Scotty Scheffler is a young guy who can benefit from this experience in addition yeah. to helping the team, right? right. Kevin yeah. Nah is not ever, if he doesn't make this Ryder Cup team, he's never making another Ryder Cup team. Yeah. You, you can't necessarily say that about Sam Burns. I think Sam right. Burns, the same argument could be had there. And maybe you say, hey, Scheffler finished higher than Burns, and that's why we took him, or we think his ceiling's higher, or whatever you say there. But And so to me, that's kind of where that pick came down to. You know, when you look at the makeup of the team, if you're going to take kind of the wily veterans in Berger and Harris English, then you probably do need to mix in some some youth just thinking about the future, right? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Harris English never makes another Ryder Cup team. Right. And right. just because of his age, right? Like, he's getting right. kind of past those prime years of golf. So, uh, I, to me, Scheffler kind of fits what they've been trying to do. They identify young guys, uh, and then they try to give them a chance. Yeah. I get that. 
I, I get that. And I, again, like I said, I don't think it's necessarily a bad pick. I don't think he like I don't think he really could have gone wrong with anything that he chose to do, like in the sense of right and wrong. I just think that like if I were if I were sitting in his seat, I I think I may have looked at a I, I may have valued a couple of other things other than just well, you know, we want a young up and comer on the team. You know, well, but I also well, I, you know, I mean, I think Scotty. I, I I don't. I think Scotty Scheffler may be the best player in the group of guys that we've mentioned. He definitely has the best performance in majors. Yeah. So I. I mean, I don't think he's giving anything up in terms of play to the other right. guys. I don't think they picked him just because he was young, but because all other things being equal, you know, maybe they think his ceiling's a little bit higher. He had a great match play. He's played great yeah. in majors and, and some other yeah. really big events. His name were, was all over leaderboards. And, and I think if you look at one thing that Stricker clearly valued, it was uh, quality performances, not necessarily flashes. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, that's why Berger sure. and Harris English are on the team, I think. It, it's right. not necessarily because they won a bunch, or, and, and Harris English did. And Dan, Daniel Berger was probably the best player on the PGA Tour for a stretch. Uh, at the end of last year and the beginning of this year, yeah. So uh, you With know, the exception I mean, but, of Dustin Johnson, but you can see, <laughs> sure. Yeah, or but I think you know outside it. But you, even then, Daniel Berger was probably in that conversation for that short yeah. stretch of time. So yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think he values longevity and consistency, and I think Scheffler has a little bit of that over some of those other guys. Yeah, I see that. I mean, I think I, I definitely see that. I think I think he does obviously find his way up on leaderboards very often, and and has you know great um, chances to win golf tournaments uh, throughout the season and throughout the year. Uh, has played well in match play, played well in a team event with Bubba. Um, so both both of those kind of events, a team event and then a match play event, played well in both of those. So yeah, I mean, I think I think he does set up well um, there. I just. You know, I, I think I was probably looking for uh, for a guy like Webb Simpson um, to to make the team in that regard. Uh, feel like it's kind of I don't know. In my mind, it's the best of both worlds. But well, and I but, think Webb. I think Webb fits fits what I think. Like to me, it, it's a good transition to the next topic that I think we should cover. Is like who plays with whom? Yeah. Right. Webb to right. me is like the nice guy, kind of like a female, and I Play would say. Anybody. And I would say like a Spieth, but we know who Spieth is playing with, yeah. right? He actually came out and said, yeah, I've got my buddy, you know, JT lobbying for me, so I can't mm-hmm. wait to match up. So, I, I mean, I think that cat's out of the bag, right? Um, <laughs> he, he's playing with JT, and I think they have a chance to play together for three sessions if it goes well. If They're going to be maybe the first team out. Right. And if they win, they're going to be the first team out again. And if they win, right. they could be the first team out again, like – I think that's who those guys are. Right. But outside of that, <laughs> who yeah. else plays together? Well, I, I do think, I do, I, I truly do believe that Cantlay, you'll see Cantlay and Shawflay together. Um, okay. I think, I think that that is something that will likely take place based off of what I know about both of those guys and their preference of who they would play with. I think if, so, so I think if you're putting JT and Spieth together, you're putting um, you're putting those two guys together. Um, I think you probably are going to take somebody like maybe like Dustin Johnson and putting him with a Morikawa. Um, like I think that could be a killer 
like an absolute killer team because well, you they have, both play they both play tailor made balls too, which I think they both play tailor made golf yeah, balls is somewhat they, of a consideration. Yeah, and I but I also think that the other aspect of that is is that they both hit a fade. They both uh like like are incredible ball strikers. Um and and I think I think they're both, you know, maybe average putters, but like I feel like those two guys together could be a really deadly combination. Uh, because you have the guy in Morikawa who can kind of, well, like, hey, we're just going to get it out there and hit it in the fairway, and now, all right, go ahead, DJ, bomb it down there, you know, whatever, like, um, you know, and and let's see what we can do. And I think I think you have the ability to kind of play some strategy by putting guys like that who have similar games but are also different um, in the the fact of like distance and 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 those kinds of things, putting them together. Uh, but their temperament's a lot alike. They're, you know, both very confident players, but very even kill. Um, you know, there, there, there's a lot there. I would love to see that that pairing um, a, as well. I think, you know, maybe uh, maybe Harris English and Daniel Berger, those two guys seem to be a potential good fit. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I do know. I do know that Berger and Kepka play some golf together down in South Florida. Oh, okay. So uh, when I heard, you know, when I read the report from golf.com that basically said, yeah, Daniel Berger all but confirmed that he's on the Ryder Cup team, that's the first thing that I thought is, one, he's yeah. a really good, consistent player. And right. I think to the same point that you just made about DJ and Morikawa could apply to Brooks and Berger as well. Mm-hmm. Right? You, you kind of mm-hmm. pair up a, a big, powerful guy with a yeah. guy who's going to be extremely consistent. Yeah, um, how do you, you put you put those guys in in a situation and and they probably perform fairly well. So, who do you who do you think pairs up with uh, Deschambeau? I have no idea. I like yeah. I I couldn't I couldn't tell you. I I know it, I wouldn't want to play with him. Harris English? I, I don't think so. No, they, they there's when they were playing in Memphis, he was noticeably <laughs> upset because they were on the clock. And and he actually said something that the camera picked up on about how, man, I hate like I feel like I'm rushed because this guy's taken forever. <laughs> like so, I I don't think that Harris English and Bryson DeChambeau like each other, or okay. I don't think Harris English likes Bryson DeChambeau. Now, are can you be a professional, show up and play golf with whoever your captain puts you with? Yes, but do you think the U.S. I think I feel like the U.S. has learned that lesson enough now. Like, let's mm-hmm. not do that. Let's try to find guys who at least don't have any <laughs> like problems with each other, and, right. and maybe they'll play a little bit of better golf. So right. I, I don't see Harris English in DeChambeau. Um, I to me, you know, he's a California guy. I was going to say Morikawa just because he seems so likable. Oh yeah, and, and uh, but that's only just because I've got nobody else really. What about Fino? Yeah, I mean, he can play with anybody. I don't and, think Finau. I, I mean, I think Finau is that kind of guy who's like, yeah, I don't care who Bryce. I don't, I don't care what Bryson does. Yeah, you know, like I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and and I think there there's the aspect of you know, I don't know, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I that 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 could be potentially um, an interesting. I don't an think anybody. Pairing. Anybody pair, I, and I guess Finau would, you know, that would work because of his personality specifically. 
Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't – I mean I don't think <laughs> – my mindset on any pairing is one, Tony Finau can play with anybody. Yeah, I think he would be fine being paired with anybody because of how likable he is right? and, and how everybody likes him. Right, we talked about mm-hmm. that last pod with John Rom giving him a big hug and, you know, basically telling everybody like, if you don't like Tony Finau, there's something wrong with you. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he could fit with anybody, and at the same time, I'm not sure you could name any name that I would feel comfortable pairing them with Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> like, so it's just it's hard to try to pick, it, and that to me is going to be the most interesting thing. Uh, about the Ryder Cup is who pairs with Bryson and yeah. DJ and Brooks and right. you know those types of things. I know JT and Berger are tight buddies, but I don't think that I, I, I just can't see JT not being like to me that is the US's answer of Ola Thobble and Sevi. Yeah. Like that—that's the Spanish duo, or whoever else you want to talk about. Famous pairings right. in the Ryder Cup. The U.S. should ride right. Spieth and Justin Thomas for the next twenty years. Well, fifteen <laughs> years, however long, however long they're able to take advantage of that. That—that that they should. Yeah. And yeah, so I would, I if that. I was a captain, I would put them together at every single opportunity. Yeah. I think I think I would pair. I think I would pair Finau with DeChambeau, and I'd pair Harris English with Scheffler, and um, and I would pair Berger and Brooks, Spieth and JT, and Morikawa and DJ, Xander and uh, Patrick Cantlay. I think that would be my six teams, and I don't think I would change them a whole lot. Yeah, so I think the way that that practically works is you would try to pair two of those teams together. Right. And that that would be your pod. And so if That'd you pod, did, yep. right. And if you did end up changing any of the pairings, it would be within the pod. Right. Which would be really hard because that's where you have to balance some of those personality conflicts, we'll call them, right? Like you right. wouldn't want to put Brooks, at least I wouldn't. You wouldn't want to put Brooks and DeChambeau in the same pod. That doesn't right. make a lot of sense. I would keep those guys not necessarily well, as far apart as possible, but you know, there's right. no reason to put them together if you don't have to. Yeah. Well, and Finau, Finau and um, and Brooks played together at the last Ryder Cup and played and pretty Paris, well. Uh, well, and Finau yeah. carried him. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. but you know, either way, they they ended up getting some points for the U.S. team. Yeah. So I don't care how it happens as long as it happens. <laughs> yeah. So. It'll it'll be interesting to see because I think that's that's Stricker's real. Uh, challenge, right, yeah. is setting the tone. And I think he's off to a great start. Good picks, solid picks. I don't think anybody would say they were wrong or bad. Um, and I, I love the professionalism element of, hey, be there Saturday and Sunday. See you guys. Um, right. And then, you know, figuring out who to pair together. That That's right. what a captain does. And I think Stricker's been a part of these enough. He's been an assistant captain enough. Right. Um, that well, I think- he's got two great assistant captains as well. Like I think having having Couples and Phil as assistant captains for this, I think are going to be great. Phil knows all these guys, as buddies with a lot of these guys, knows um, knows these guys' games very very well. Um, you know, everybody loves Fred Couples. Um, you know, so I think 
I think it's going to be a really, really solid group of captains as well as players if we can get the right pairings put together um, and we get the right draw against the European teams. I think we have a good chance, uh, you know, obviously with the way that a lot of our guys have played this year um, and and what we would expect to be a weaker European team than we have seen in years recent. Uh, but, you know, I mean... You never know. I mean, the European team can pick whoever they want. If they want to pick Poulter and and Justin Rose, you know, like they they could show up for a Ryder Cup and be, you know, the same people they were in 2016 and or, you know, 20, 2014 and 20, 2018. Yeah, like, I mean, true. You know, just, I mean, they, they could be those killers that they've, they've been. I, you know, even though they haven't been that on tour over the last several years, doesn't mean that they wouldn't do that at a Ryder Cup. So, um, but we'll see how that plays out, and that will be the topic of our conversation next week on the pod. So, so my um, one, my one closing question. Yeah. What is the over under on? So there's two kind of two questions. What is the over under on a Tiger sighting at Whistling Straits? And if Tiger is there, do we also get Michael Jordan being there? Because I think there's a, I think there's a chance that both of those guys are there. Um, there's some I whispers among the media. Uh, whispers, huh? Whispers. Um, Tiger, Tiger's back to walking again, unassisted. Yeah. Unassisted. Um, unassisted, doing well. some physical therapy, getting back into shape. Definitely going to play again at some point. Who knows how successful he'll be? But he is walking on his own power without crutches. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Tiger at the Ryder Cup. Um, I would, I would go on the under there. I think I'd be on the under a tiger. I think I would be on the over with Michael Jordan, uh, just because he's been at all the other ones. And I think it'd be, it'd be safe to say that I think he probably is going to show up for that. He was at the Solheim cup this past week. Um, I, I think he'll be, I think he'll be there. MJ uh, was, but yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. I saw obviously <laughs> Bubba. There was a ton of Bubba, yeah. from Bubba there. Yeah. Yeah. Bubba was there. Um, but I think, uh, no, I, I think, yeah, I, I think, um, it'd be, it'll be very interesting to see, but I, I haven't heard that about Tiger and I, I just, I, I don't think Tiger really, I don't think Tiger really even cares. Yeah, I don't think, I think he cared when he was on the team, so I don't, yeah, I don't but think I think, he really I think it's cares a little about bit this different. either. I think it's so. a little bit different now that he's been the president's cup captain and, uh, I think and, you have a better chance of seeing Bubba Watson and Ricky Fowler there than you see having Tiger there. Ah, see, I disagree. I think I think he's <laughs> I think he's going to show up. We'll see. I think Ricky that'll be Fowler, an interesting. Ricky point. Fowler is buds with all of those guys. Like he's buds with you know JT and Brooks and Berger. You know, yeah, Berger. I mean, all I, those guys. I, I mean, I think I think you know it, I, I think you could easily see Ricky there. So. Um, but I, I, I guess I'd we'll be find out to see Tiger there. I don't know, maybe. But anyway, but next week our conversation will wrap around uh, to this uh, to the Ryder Cup as well. Uh, we're kind of considering this, I guess, Ryder Cup month from this point on, uh, where we're going to be able to talk about the Ryder Cup for the next few weeks. Because next week we're going to talk about the European team uh, and and their roster, maybe the potential pairings that come out of there. We we honestly don't know a whole lot about the guys that are going to come as captains picks. Uh, because you know most of the guys that are not in the top five 
are not household name are not household names. Um, so um, it, it, it'd be interesting to see uh, how that team shakes out and what ends up coming of that team. And and we will be back next week to talk about that and uh, and break it down for you. But uh, for for us here on the Front Nine Pod, we want to say thank you for Bob who is enjoying a nice steak dinner tonight. We say thank you for listening. And, uh, and, uh, and as always, make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, um, and, uh, let us know, uh, what you think of our podcast. Uh, it helps us get better. And so please give us uh, some feedback, help us continue to improve and, and get better. But we're looking forward to more Ryder Cup talk and, uh, in the beginning of the NFL football season tomorrow night. So, uh, so anyway, we will, uh, be back with you next week. Thanks for listening and, uh, you guys have a good night.